Hello and welcome back to this next episode of the Global Growth Leaders uh, podcast. My name is Simon Haig and once again I'm delighted to be joined by my good friend Henry Wang. Henry, good to see you again. Hi Simon, really nice to see you and we're really glad that we have two wonderful ladies joining us today. Amy and from Hong Kong and Frida from Dublin. Okay, thank you very much. That's really wonderful. Well, overcoming COVID has really incurred unprecedented human and economic costs globally. Unlike prior economic crises, which have been caused by financial bubbles, this is a global health pandemic, which have caused tremendous negative economic impacts and with big disruptions, disruptions to global supply chains. Experts have warned that this isn't a temporary hiccup, but a wake-up call for something more serious. There are some countries pushing for fast recovery and return to business as usual with some quick fixes. However, there are also many global leaders with longer-term visions which are proposing that we should build back better with sustainable improvements. A good example is the recent call by the United Nations World Economic Forum and the G20 and B20 on building back better post-COVID with the international collaborations. Thanks, Henry. So, yes, geopolitically, this crisis has, from a medical research perspective at least, underlined the huge value of global collaboration and we're witnessing the development and adaptation of life-saving technologies and massive research into treatments and great news on the COVID vaccine announcement in the last week and I'm sure there'll be many more to come and we're experiencing perhaps not seen before at least since the AIDS crisis of the 80s sharing of scientific journals genome sequencing data clinical trials bringing together thousands of scientists, medics, companies, and researchers globally. So to facilitate greater international collaboration and understanding, Henry and I are conducting a series of global podcasts with distinguished international thought leaders, such as our two guests today, from both the East and the West. And these thought leaders will be discussing key topical issues, including healthcare, youth, innovation, climate change, media, leadership, culture, and today, talent and transformation. Um, and we hope that these open exchanges of views with international thought leaders from both the East and the West should help foster greater international understanding and cooperation. And, and just to say that we're delighted that all episodes will be featured on leading all leading podcast channels, YouTube and social media and more. So we're very excited. Over to you, Henry. Thank you, Simon, for that wonderful introduction. And once again, I'd like to welcome our two wonderful ladies to this very exciting podcast on talent and transformation. First up, Amy, welcome you. And it is wonderful that you are the Chief Operating Officer of the AQ Talent Lab in Hong Kong, which has been very successful. Our readers will be very, very interested in, in your career journey today. And maybe you can give us an overview of your impressive journey. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Simon and Henry, for um, inviting me. It's such an honor to be on this podcast. Um, and, and, and it's even more exciting to be on the same podcast, as same episode as Brita. It's a huge honor. So uh, like you've mentioned, um, Henry, like I, I have... Uh, 
co-founded a, a tech company last year called AQ Talent Lab. Um, we basically focus on uh, building platforms and video contents to facilitate uh, basically young people acquiring career skills, um, industry updates, um, as well as you know uh, finding a, a industry mentors um, so that if they basically have an idea of uh, you know a career orientation, um, they basically have all the resources um, on in, on a video based platform um, via AQ. So um, I guess um, a little bit of background about myself. Um, I actually was born and raised in Hong Kong. I've been through um, a local school education system and as well as an international school education system. Um, and I've also had the privilege of studying overseas um, in Sydney, Australia. So um, I was very privileged in a sense that I've observed different um, education systems in different cultures. So I think growing up, I've always had a sense of, you know, there's um, there are always pros and cons in different uh, uh, education systems um, but at the same time um, there is a gap in knowledge between what we learn from school and and the level of skill sets or um, uh, people skills we need when we're working um, so that belief was kind of reinforced when I uh, you know graduated in, in Sydney and started working in banking uh, I was in Citibank for for a little bit um, and I really feel like uh, you know uh, even though I graduated with a finance degree not everything that I learned in school school uh, was, you know, enough for me to just get started in, in city on day one. So, um, but I was very, very privileged to have a lot of, you know, brilliant mentors and, and managers who supported me and gave me a lot of advice. Um, so I've always, you know, kind of just kind of thought, you know, it would be amazing if I can kind of share my luck or this privilege with, you know, people my age all over the world in a very scalable manner. And then fast forward to, you know, uh, five years later, I finished my um, uh, master's, my MBA degree with uh, Chinese University in Hong Kong. And I was very inspired by the people in my year and really thought that, you know, maybe I should do something entrepreneurial as well. Um, and luckily, I've met my partner, um, who's the CEO of AQ Talent Lab. And so together, we um, share this vision to really uplift the standard of, um, you know, young people, not just in Hong Kong, but really around the world. Um, we want to really support them uh, uh, during a time when they're basically just navigating through career orientation, looking for um, ideas, inspirations, or just mentors in general. So we're, you know, and, and then, you know, a, a year later, here we are. Um, AQ has, you know, um, a lot of users from Hong Kong who are university students or basically um, young professionals who's just starting starting out in their career, looking for, looking to upskill and looking for uh, mentors. Uh, it's been a, it's been a very fun ride so far. Wow, that's uh, Amy. That's uh, impressive. And, and actually, listening to you, I, I I'm very interested because we seem to share similar sort of background. I was educated in Hong Kong, and then uh, attended university in the UK. More than many years, more than I like to mention here. <laughs> but uh, it 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 helps to give you a international global view, and that's very interesting. And, and I must congratulate you. I'm very impressed to hear that over the short time you started this new AQ talent platform, you managed to attract over 10,000 uh, youth to your platform from different locations. Yeah, thank you. What do you think are your key activities and what are key attractions there for these uh, young people? 
Well, I think. Thank you. Yeah, young talents, basically, because um, we, we we basically don't want to just um, limit it to university students or, or young people. I think everybody who's looking to, who's curious about a career change or looking to upskill themselves, um, AQ would love to uh, be here to support them as well. So in terms of key activity, we work really, really hard to create original uh, training videos. So these involve uh, basically um, uh, key career skills like, you know, EQ at work, business English, English, financial literacy, tech literacy, um, and entrepreneurship. And on an ongoing basis, we're always looking to partner and engage with, you know, uh, career coaches, um, you know, even, you know, uh, growth coaches such as, you know, Rita and Simon, um, as well as industry leaders to really provide, you know, some, um, um, you know, the, the latest updates on, you know, different industries or, or how people can really um, get coaching and up upskill themselves. Um, and more than that, we, we want there to be like an end goal for our users, right? So we also actually work really hard openings in the market right now and those are reflected on AQ as well so um, with all these combined we really want this to be a community where people meet you know like-minded people who are all looking to advance in their career looking to upskill um, at the same time looking to network to build their business network um, and then uh, they can upskill themselves and then ultimately find a job that really gives them fulfillment um, and makes them happy. Wow, that's, I think that is uh, a very impressive uh, vision. And I wish you every success with this Thank new you. platform. And Simon is Thank doing you. very well. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Over to you, Simon. That was wonderful. And um, I'm delighted to now introduce Breda McCaig, who, and I'm looking at Breda when I say this, is one of the most driven, amazing, uh, energetic, resilient people I've met. So be ready for Breda, everybody. <laughs> so Breda is an expert in motivation, empowerment, and transformation, and um, just an amazing, uh, I would say, energy. Uh, so, so Breda, maybe just give us a background. Now I've flattered you. <laughs> but, but, embarrassed me. <laughs> A background on you and, and your career and what you focus on today. Yeah, and, and first of all, can I say I am so delighted to be with you. Simon and Henry, thank you for creating this opportunity. Amy, I can't wait to get to know you more. We are going to definitely hook up um, and I want to hear more about that platform of yours. But I am so thrilled to be here. I love the fact that we are doing global podcasts like this because everybody we meet has something to teach us. So I'm Breda McCaig. I am co-founder and chair of Lean in Ireland, which is an organization that we started about three years ago. Um, it springs from Sheryl Sandberg's foundation and the purpose of the organization is to empower women to achieve their ambitions, whatever they are. Um, and as a result of all of my Lean in work, I have ended up becoming quite the career coach um, for women and men which then ran parallel to a very personal transformation journey that I had myself. So mixed with my transformation journey um, and all the career coaching I've been doing and all the events that I've been running across Lean In platforms, I've ended up doing quite a bit of motivational talks, um, which I love. And I've discovered I am at my happiest on a stage, which might be because I was on a stage when I was a kid, I played music. And at the moment, I'm in a rock band in Dublin and we do fundraising gigs only. And then I'm in a trad band as well. And I hadn't played music.
for about 10 years in the middle of my life. So um, I also spent 20 years in the Reserve Defence Forces in Ireland, and I was my battalion's first female lieutenant. Um, so that's where my diversity advocacy was born for sure. And that's where I started to see the damage that inequality can do um, and how powerful we are when we all celebrate our strengths, which brings me back to why I am so excited to be part of this kind of thought leadership, because I think we have all loads of experience and loads to teach each other and everybody that listens and joins in. Wow. Wow. I, I feel the energy already from both of you, from Amy and from you, Brita. So that was wonderful. So, so Brita, the next question then is, in relation to talent, what would you, what do you think is an important area of consideration for organizations when they need to t nurture talent? And I mean, really nurture talent. You know, what, what, what would you say to that? Yeah. So talent is something that just switches me on, Simon, as you probably know, I've worked also in financial organizations for the last 20 years, and I've worked across all of the different countries, all of the remote teams. And so I'm also in a company, plus I then go to companies to do talks. So I get a great insight to what it's like to be an employee and then what it's like to come in to visit employees and sort of senior managers. Mm -hmm. Talent is something I think at the moment with COVID that it's, it's never been more important to A, identify your talent, B, nurture it, and C, activate it. Um, I would always say talent is an important, I have loads of views, I could talk for days on this, but with COVID, I think for every one of us, we now have a new challenge. How we express and how we share our talents is the one we all have as individuals. But as corporates, they've got to figure out where your strong people are, where your creative thinkers are, where are the innovators amongst you? Because you need that to survive. So what, what I would say around how I've seen talent done well, I've seen all of the pipelines. So everywhere I go, I always have a look to see, is there a talent pipeline? And there nearly always is. And that is a very important place to start, but I would say we need to do more because usually what you will find with talent pipelines is the people that end up in those pipelines are often people who middle management have selected. And if those middle management have not treated their unconscious biases, then what you can end up with in your talent pipeline is loads of people like your middle managers. And if you want to be innovative as a company and you want the creative thinkers and you want the diversity at work, you may not get it using that kind of, of model. So what I always have done and why I love Lean In is because it allows me to create an alternative way to identify talent. And what I call that is self-drive. It's a self-drive route because I see corporates doing the best organizations and cultures that do the pipeline and absolutely keep doing it, but also always try to provide another way for those who want to self-drive who may not have ended up in that pipeline, but who are seriously ambitious and perhaps the most innovative you have, allow them either a way via a community, kind of community of practice type thing, or a network or a tribe of some kind and let them drive by themselves. And that way you can't go wrong in this organization. Plus, if you're the person that hasn't ended up in that talent pipeline and you are mad to get doing your bit and you're very passionate, then you can go the alternative route and you self-drive, which is kind of what I've been doing for years. Um, so I think those two 
go hand in hand. And I think those two complement each other lovely. Well, that's, that's powerful. It's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking at a summit next week in London about the future of business. And I've done a lot of research. And it's interesting. Three of the four major changes that are anticipated are around people and talent. So the first one, which is not, which is about, I think a lot of office space will go over to residential use, away from office use to residential. But the other three around people, the first one is there's going to be more remote working. The second one then is going to, there's going to be more use of collaborative technology. And the third one is going to be what we call globalization mark two. So you can connect with anybody in the world online. And, and I think that's going to be the challenge for organizations to manage that slight, that, that massive change in the way humans interact and, and, and manage the talent uh, pool around that. So that was, that was fascinating. Thanks. Thanks, Brida. Thanks. Thank you. Frida, and, and thanks, Simon. I agree with you both, actually. Talent is very, very important. And succession planning is also very important. I remember when I was a uh, corporate director for one, some of the biggest multinational companies, that one of my most important tasks and targets and KPI is really to identify local talents and train up my own successor. Well, in a way to do myself out of a job, that's a measure of success, of, yep. of succession planning. So coming to Amy, actually, I mean, Amy, you've really worked a lot in talent development and transformation to, in, in Hong Kong and in Asia. Could you share with us, and I'm sure the, the, the reader will be very interested, some of the characteristics of uh, talent and transformation in Hong Kong and in the Asian market. Sure, and I think this is a very important topic to discuss um, after the year that we've, we sort of have in, in Hong Kong, it's been a tricky time. You know, we started with um, social unrest and, and, and now we're, you know, combating a, 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 a pandemic. So um, I think both in terms of talent and transformation, it's so important because um, under, you know, the current situation, people are like, oh, it's so difficult to find a job. Um, at the same time, we do have employers saying that, oh, I have all these jobs to fill, but I can't find the right talent right and so in times like this I really challenge the concept of like what is talent because um, obviously there is you know in, in Hong Kong by and large most um, young people they graduate from universities um, so I think when we talk about talent or the supply of talents for the job market we're really talking about like are these people's skill sets you know um, fitting to these job roles and now the way that we learn things now you know like I, I guess 20 years ago 30 years ago in order to become an accountant you know you you have to go to uh, uh, you know business school or uh, and you need to be a CPA in order to start your own business you probably need to have like a business degree but the landscape and, and the way you learn uh, and communicate with one another it's so different now so basically sky's the limit and if there is a vision or something that you know uh, a passion that someone wants to pursue they can easily learn acquire these skills or become a talent just by you know learning and finding things out on their own so going back to what uh, Brita and Simon were saying I think the motivation uh, your goal your career orientation that is what I would think builds or defines a talent because I think everything else can be motivated and learned and trained right um, transformation again like like I like I mentioned I think um, uh, uh, 
you know, back in the day, when you learn something, you sit in front of a classroom and a teacher kind of talks at you. Now for me to learn something, I need to search it online. I watch a YouTube video about it. I read maybe like a Reddit article about it. Um, and then I talk to people about it. That's how people learn now. So I think both in terms of like talent and transformation, that is basically an evolving definition. Um, and what we, I think by and large, and this is not just business concept. I think this is really what all of us as a society, we need to think about, right? Um, how we basically uplift our youth, how we uplift people who's been in the job uh, market for a while and, and looking to pivot their career. Like w w what have we got to, to offer to them and how do we support them? Uh, so I think my point really is that this is, this is um, especially now more than ever, th these are evolving definitions um, and human capital really is, is more important than ever. Um, I think, especially through the pandemic, personally, my view is that the most important thing is that we support one another and we, as long as we have the, the skill set or, or, or the motivation to support each other, that's what really sustains a society more than, you know, anything else. That's very powerful. Thank you, Amy. I, I really agree with you that in this very stressful time with COVID, with social unrest, with climate change, there's a huge amount of pressure on the young people and, and really, well, not everybody, to be quite honest, including myself. And, uh, and uh, I think uh, what, what you and Brida and Simon are doing is just wonderful in these sharing our thoughts and supporting the, the talents globally in the East and West. And I think that's wonderful. Over to you, Simon. Thanks, thanks, Henry. Yeah, and I, I would agree. I agree with what Henry was saying about it's all about and breed it. It's all about talent, and and it's ironic we're talking about this today because I represent a London-based company called Brand Finance, and we've, they've just released their annual Nation Brand Value Index, and um, Ireland is the only country in the top 20 it's just entered into the top, top 20 that's grown in the last year from a nation brand value it's gone from number 26 to number 19 which is huge for a small a country of five million and that's all on the back of cap human capital there are you know ireland has no real natural resources right ireland is based upon intellectual capital a bit like hong kong and singapore those kind of places and and so that's a concrete demonstration of the, the, how you can translate human capital into the value of a nation brand. Okay, so over to you, Brida. So in terms of human transformation, people transformation, which you and I know all about, where would you say most people transformations have begun or where do they begin? And, and that is an easy one for me, Simon, <laughs> because having gone through one myself, I think when either we can talk about personal transformation or corporates and organizations and culturally, um, but what drives people to transform or cultures or societies or organizations is pain and frustration. Mm. And I have never seen two better elements to make people and things change. Mm. I do think that whilst everything is, is ticking over fairly acceptably, we leave it there and that's called comfort zone where it's a dangerous place to be for individuals and corporates um, and all the others that I've mentioned. Um, I would say that I have seen corporates, organizations and industries have to change when their customers were not happy and were not satisfied with maybe the level of innovation they were getting 
or the, the sort of ex acceptable service levels and so forth. And I've seen that drive change in people. I have seen emotional walls drive change. I have seen people when, when they've probably work, life is not working out the way they expected it to or the way they planned to. And they have no option but try and find a way to, to teach themselves how to get out of that and how to be better. And if I think about it, I mean, transformation, the thoughts of change, I think scares most people. It's big, it's difficult, it's chunky, but it is the most worthwhile thing you will ever do. And that applies to a company, an organization, an industry. You've got to change because if you don't, then you're going to be back in a decade that no longer exists. And that goes for all of us. You know, all the talent that we talked about there, every one of us needs to be transforming all of the time. We need to keep our eyes open for way, ways where we can improve all of the time. We need companies and organizations to be doing the same. So you're only as good as your, your latest, most innovative, successful transformation. And, and we've got to keep building on that because that's how every one of us grows. Our societies grow and everybody gets something back from that. So transformation, I think when you get used to it and change, you start to adjust and you start to get less afraid of it and more appreciative of what it can do for you. And that's where you see people starting to embrace a lot of, we talked about human capital there earlier. We, we are all probably very invested in emotional uh, intelligence as well as leaders. All of that stuff is what it's all about. And every one of us needs to be driving at pace, learning, educating ourselves. We need our companies to be up there providing customers with the best they can be. And I want us all to be trying to be the best there is that you could possibly imagine. So, I mean, if, if that's where we're all aiming for, and that's whether that's a company or you as a person, try to be the best you can possibly imagine. And that's how you, transformation will just come in behind that for you and it'll drive with you, no problem. And you'll have success with it. Wow, that's powerful. I'm, I'm just looking at Henry there and I'm thinking there's two older men on the side of the screen learning from two younger women. And it's, it's great. You know, we're always learning from each other. And, you know, you're talking about transformation comes from pain or frustration. Apple is a really good example. The company Apple in 1999, it was a company that was struggling, right? And they decided then at that point to give some engineers six months to come up with something. So they had the patience and the wisdom um, and the calmness to do this. And what came out of it was the iPod. And then everything has followed from that. And it's been the most valuable company for eight of the last 11 years globally. So that was wonderful. Thanks, Breda. Thank you. So in terms of, I'd like to open this up now to the, to the two of you. So what, what, would you, what would you, I might go with you first, Amy. What would you say are the, the, the top two or three priorities uh, for improving talent and transformation respectively go, you know, going forward and why? What would you say would be the top two or three priorities within organizations for improving talent and transformation? Um, uh, I, I, to me, I think talent and transformation is all about mindset. So I think number one, uh, people or organizations need to have a growth mindset, meaning I'm not looking at just the downside, what we can lose if we try, um, how much money are we going to lose if this project doesn't, doesn't work well. Um, let's think about the upside. Let's think about the, the, the potential here. And secondly, 
uh, let's focus on growing a bigger pie. So it's not not just, you know, uh, if we do this, we get this and, and opportunity cost. Let's think about just together as an organization or as an industry growing a bigger pie. Um, secondly, I think uh, um, this is easier said than done. I, I think I've, I've spoken to a lot of young people about thinking about a, a T-shaped talent, meaning that you need to be kind of like a jack of all trades, but have one thing that you're really passionate about uh, um, that you can really specialize in. And how do we do that? The only thing you can do that is to be more involved. Learn, talk to people, um, read whatever you can. And, it, and, and that's not just for young people in an organization, because I think I can't tell you how many times, you know, whether it be my background in finance or working in a startup, talking to, you know, bigger companies, sometimes, um, problems or mistakes happen when we are all in our silo. Like, you know, oh, that's an accounts problem. Um, that's a strategy problem. Um, and we kind of lose touch with one another. And, and that is tend to be, that, that's when we get into trouble. So I think having a, a T-shaped um, skill set and also being more involved, um, you know, having a holistic understanding on what you're doing, um, that's really, really important. And I think having a culture of being supportive um, is also an inclusive and, and supportive culture, like, uh, uh, you know, Abrida's mentioned. I think that's also really important. Is this an organization or a society where people are allowed to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes? Because guess what? We've never been here before. We've never combat a global pandemic before. We've never worked in a startup before. So why aren't people, why don't we have permission to try, make mistakes and learn from that? So, yeah, I think these are probably, to me, the most important elements of talent and transformation going forward. Wow, that's powerful. And, and, and Brida, what would you say? I, I would say that organizations need to start thinking outside the box because a lot of employees are now working from home or working remotely. And that is a model that isn't going to change very fast, I would think. So I would imagine that cor corporates and organizations, yes, have your talent pipeline, but how are you going to get those people online? Like us four are online now and we're talking about talent. How do you get your people to that? How do you start creating innovative ways for them to connect with each other with um, right across your group, right across your division? That's where this stuff starts to come out in the wash and people start to get a bit more confident about using online channels to talk about, you know, things they are passionate about. And, and I don't see how else you can do that right now when everybody is working from home. The other thing I would say is um, mentoring and coaching. And I know better than anybody the difference that coaching and mentoring can make to someone because I've done it. I've had coaches in the past. I've had mentors in the past. I have mentors now. I mentor loads of people. I coach loads of people. And I've seen how impactful that is on a person. And I think whilst we need to be doing all of the sort of high level pieces within our organizations, we also need to be able to do the one-to-one -one pieces with them. And we want to know their views as well, because you have no idea of the knowledge, the skills, the expertise, and the passion that's in your grassroots. And if you can't find a way of extracting that and activating that, mm. you are missing out big time. And those employees, and back to someone else's point earlier about we are all global now and other global organizations can now reach your employees. So we need to be thinking about retention here as well. 
um, and lots of jobs now you can do remotely. So how do you, so it's, it's about trying to make sure that you're looking after the people you have, that you are allowing them to bring the best of themselves to work and you are spotlighting, spotlighting that, you're encouraging that kind of behavior and you're making sure that you're rewarding that kind of behavior as well. And that's mm. another thing that, that it isn't always just probably landed perfectly either in organizations. So find ways of engaging with your people online. Multi-channel is the way I, I advise cor corporates to go because I find, find that works best. You need a mix of informal and formal comms between your people and you need to body system. You need to find ways of in introducing people right across your company to each other because they're no longer bumping into each other in canteens. Um, and then you need to try and provide what they tell you they want by way of mentoring and coaching, how to do that and how to do that innovatively when we're in a, a remote environment. Wow, they were both very, very, for both of you, very concrete, um, specific practical answers they were great and i agree i think a real challenge for organizations an opportunity for organizations put it that way is to balance the creativity that i think will come out of remote working with the sensitivity that's required to hold on to the knowledge management in organizations because when people are all around the world how do, an organization how does it retain its knowledge right without it can do that by controlling everybody but then you, you i think you risk then stifling creativity so i think there's a balance between the two so thanks they were great answers thank you wow thank you to both uh, rita and amy for very interesting reply to the last question and, and i i actually very much share that view as well i think in my work with the sort of B20 uh, international CEOs on the G20 task force. I think they, they, they share with me actually, with COVID actually, they have, and the growth of virtual meetings. You know, in the past, CEOs are very remote characters, certainly. When I was working, my CEO is somebody you meet maybe once in a, a lifetime or once every few years. But now with virtual meetings and Zoom, I think employees are expecting CEOs to see their CEO more often virtually. But it is a very powerful media and I hope that they can learn to use that. This is one good thing that come out of COVID and I hope that CEOs and senior executives will continue to keep that. This is a good thing even after COVID, to continue to use that, to actively encourage, engage with their talents and employees globally. I think uh, I'd like to follow up with that wonderful question from Simon to both ladies with another question to both ladies. Is, is really how can talent and transformation uh, thought leaders in the, in the East and West collaborate better globally. I mean, you are both thought leaders and we, you are wonderful examples of thought leaders of, from the East and West. So maybe I, I'd like to ask first from Brida and then followed by Amy, your views on that. Yeah, and I was thinking about this morning um, and how you guys are showing super examples, Simon and Henry, of how to collaborate 
globally. And I know that you are starting to build up a little community of growth leaders. And I can see all that happening online. And, and I am just so excited by it because it takes a little bit of probably bravery for people to start to reach out, to start to get involved, interacting with each other on LinkedIn um, and other apps like that, where you can share your views with thought leaders. But I just think it's so powerful. I just don't know where it's gonna bring us all, but I think we should all be using that. Um, and finding people that will inspire you on, on LinkedIn. So many people are not using apps to do things like that. And yet, look what you guys have created. You've got me and Amy on here, giving us some spotlight and a chance to share our views because you guys are good at reaching out. So I think that's where the magic is in all of this for us. I also think there are loads of global networks. Like my Lean In one is a global network. And I, I watch a lot of the global networks. And you can reach people in different countries. You can get to know them every day on apps now and get to know what their life is like, um, which broadens your own horizon. And it gives you a whole new community and tribe. And those things are real. Those things are what you look forward to during the day to see the interactions that have happened there today or what did you miss? Um, and I just think that's where the power is. I, I was glad that COVID dragged us into this sort of remote environment because I used to dabble in it, but so many others did not. Um, and I just, I can just see such value in it for everyone, but they do need to step out of their comfort zone a little bit. Some people just read, and I would say to, to lots of people who are just reading behind the scenes, get involved in some of those discussions because I learn loads from people who I talk to and I get encouragement from loads of people that I talk to online. And I want everybody to be doing that. Oh. Wow, that was very, very powerful. And I, I agree with that. You know, the, the growth of these social platforms, in a way, during COVID, while we have to, while we're forced to work from home or stay in home, in a way have allowed us to reach more extensively globally. That's amazing. Amy, what would you like to add to that? So, so 100%, I agree with what Brita said. I think reaching out is uh, very, very important. Um, and I think beyond that, um, the, one of the most important things in the world, I think, are conversations. I think it's, it's, it's unimaginable what a good conversation like this one um, can do. Um, so I think, you know, constantly having, conversa having conversations, um, talking to people, sharing ideas, and also um, having that mindset that we're not looking to convince one another. We're just really comparing notes because what works for you might not work for me and vice versa. So I like the mindset of um, just comparing notes um, and exchanging ideas. Um, I think the world needs more of that. Um, what I really appreciate about, you know, um, the work of Simon and Rita is that as a coach and as a strategist, there's no judgment. We're all just looking for growth. We're looking to, to, to bake a bigger pie. So really there's no right or wrong. There's no judgment. So let's then compare notes and see, you know, how we can work together um, and have a more collaborative mindset. Um, I think we're uh, uh, very lucky living in Hong Kong. We, on a day-to-day -day basis, we deal with people from the West and, and, and from the East. So it's a huge melting pot. Um, just so by observation, I think, um, you know, uh, people from different cultures or different backgrounds, we really work together best when there is um, a more of a collaborative growth mindset. I think that's very, I agree very much, uh, Amy. And really that's uh, 
also when you have a common goal, uh, that that really fosters you to collaborate and and work better. I I was very I can share a personal example. I think this year we were I, I was honored to be invited to to join the B20 task force to to prepare policy recommendation to the G20 leaders. Uh, for the global leader meeting next month. And we couldn't hold our summit, you know, as planned this month physically. We, so instead we hold it uh, virtually. And it, I just received some statistics. It's amazing that actually, normally you would have a summit with a few hundred people and CEO from around the world, you know, gathering together, interacting and things like that. But this year they decided to live stream it on major platforms like YouTube and Facebook. And we just have the latest statistic about one point, over 1 billion people actually watch the, the live streaming. And, and, you know, and also through the social platform, you get multiplier effects. This was just a wonderful experience and a wonderful support of what you both are saying. So it is wonderful to, to have Amy and Brida in this very powerful and impactful podcast. We really appreciate your very insightful comments. And, and I'm sure our readers globally and our viewers globally will enjoy it as much as I have. Simon? I agree. And, uh, you know, I, I say a few times that it, it's like, the world fell asleep in 2019 and we're waking up in 2030. And I mean that in a positive way because I think the world will continue, but I think humankind will only flourish if we collaborate to innovate going forward. I think humans more than ever now have to forage a collaborative pathway forward because of the challenges of climate change and pandemics, etc. I think this has made us wake up and realize that we're not we're not 200 different nationalities. We're one race of humankind on a tiny speck in a huge universe. And, and that's why I think Henry and I, you, we love doing this because we're bringing people together to, to say what's obvious, but not many people say these obvious things. Let's work together. So that was wonderful. And, and we really hope that the viewers and the listeners uh, get a chance to tune in and listen as we release these podcasts. And we're hoping in the new year sometime to bring all of our guests together in one really excited and maybe even a live stream i don't know yet but but i'd like us and maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a billion people watching henry <laughs> i think so <laughs> <That's beautiful. laughs> yeah but thank you thank you both very much that was wonderful that was inspirational thank you thank you for having us thank you. thanks bye-bye bye-bye bye thank you bye Thank you.